it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a new year. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We don't have to wait for a new year to get new mercy. We thank you that, Father, your word is true. And as we come to hear your word, I thank you for the spirit of God who is going to lead us and guide us into all truth. And so I step back so he can minister life and encouragement to your people. And Lord, I thank you that after today's message, we will never, ever be the same after having heard the word of truth in Jesus mighty name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. And those of you who are at home, you can get back in your bed. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to the year 2021, and we are declaring as a church, and I want you to get into agreement that 2021 is going to be a year of great reward and greater things. Everybody say great reward and greater things. Now, in order for you and I to experience that prophetic declaration, we must raise our faith and we must raise our expectation in God's word. And that's what we're going to be hearing this year that will point us in the direction of that promise. And so we're starting the year off with a series entitled Greater. Everyone say greater. Greater. And uh, if you're taking notes, the lesson title this morning is God is Greater. God is greater. And the goal of the lesson today is to inform you, to encourage you, and instruct you on how great God is and then help you to discover, watch this now, how to trust him so that he can do some greater things in your life this year because I have discovered the only way that God can do great things is that we have to let him. Amen. And since we're declaring 2021 to be a year of great reward and greater things, I want to first get a biblical understanding of what the word greater means. Okay. Now, the context of scripture we're about to read is in reference to when Moses and the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. And so we're looking at... uh, The Exodus chapter 18, we're going to start in verse 8. And if you're taking notes, here's point number one. I only have two points today. And if you are a good class, we'll finish the points. Here's point number one if you're taking notes. God is greater. Everybody say, God is greater. God is greater. So listen to what it says in Exodus 18. It says, And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. Verse 9. And Jethro, (laughs) that is Moses' father-in-law's name, Jethro. How many ever seen... uh, the uh the the what do you call it the Jethro with the clampets 
Beverly Hillbillies, Jethro. Well, this Jethro was a black man because Moses married a black lady. So he was a black guy. His name is Jethro. And it says he rejoiced for the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel. And then verse 10 said, and Jethro said, blessed. Well, he was black, so he probably said it like this. Blessed be the Lord. Watch this. Who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and who has delivered the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Watch verse 11, which is where we're going to see the word greater. Jethro says, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. You know what that says? He didn't know before that. He didn't realize that before that, that God was greater than all gods. He says, now I know that the Lord is greater than how many gods? All gods. For in the thing wherein they were proudly, uh, he was above them. Now the amplified version of uh, Exodus 18, 11 says this. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. Yes, in the very thing in which they dealt proudly, he, God, showed himself infinitely superior to all gods. Now the word greater there, when he says God is greater than all gods, it's the Hebrew word spelled G-A-W, I mean G-A-D-O-W-L. G-A-D-O-W-L. That's the Hebrew word for the word greater. And it's actually pronounced like a word that I used growing up. In other words... You know, it was actually a replacement of a cuss word before I was able to cuss. You know, when I was younger, you know, you, you shouldn't cuss at all, but there's a, there's an age that you felt you could cuss. So in my pre-cussing days, if something like happened to surprise me, or if something happened that maybe started me, I'd go, God dog. How many of you ever heard that? Anybody heard that? God dog. Well, that's how you pronounce that Hebrew word greater. God, doll. Now, if you don't watch it, if you don't understand the context of something, of a word being used, then you'll misunderstand the meaning. Uh, Years ago, we went on our first family fishing trip. And uh, a friend of mine introduced me to the... um, a guide, a fishing guide, you know, this was the best way to catch more fish is to find someone who knows where the fish are. So uh, this guide was going to help us find these fish. And so where we were going was really, really far. And I got lost, so I thought I was lost. And so uh, I think this is the first time when I was, you know, you know, just checking out the land for myself. And I called the, 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 the guy. I said, hey, uh, this is uh, Evan Connor, and uh, I think I'm lost. And the guy said to me, well, have you passed the damn store yet? I said, what? I'm a pastor. Why is he cussing at me? I said, excuse me, sir. He said, have you passed the damn store? I said, well, apparently not. I would remember that. And it wasn't until I passed the store 
that I understood what the man said. Put the picture up there, would you? Put the picture up there for me. So, see, see, that's what he meant right there. That's what he meant right there. Now, here's the deal. That store was close to the fishing spot, which was a dam that held up a lot of water. But see, when I heard him, I thought he was cussing. But the reality of it was, he was really just, listen, the store was named after the dam where the water was. And so this is why I want to give us a better understanding of what the word greater is. Someone say amen to that. So if you're taking notes, this word Godal or Godal, it means older, mighty. It's an adjective. And this word emphasizes, listen, the importance, the size, the significance of something or someone. In essence, though, this word greater means, listen, that God is greater more mighty and infinitely superior to anybody, anything in size, significance, period. In other words, God is greater. Now, Exodus chapter 18, verse 10, I'm going to read verse 11 with this new definition in it. He said, all right, so verse 11, he says, Now I know that the Lord is greater. There's that word, uh, God all. In other words, God is greater. He's more mighty. He's infinitely superior in importance and in size than any of the other gods. I have a question for you, church. You know why God was able to deliver his people from Pharaoh? Why? Because he is greater. Amen. Come on, everybody say, he is greater. Look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 16. It says, And God made two great lights. The word great is that word God all. He made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. I have a question for you, church. You know why God was able to make two great lights, one to shine in the day and one to shine in the night? You know why? Because God is... Come on, church. He's what? God is greater. Look in Genesis chapter 12, look in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great, there's that word God all. He says, I'm going to make you of a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. There's that word again. Here's, I got a question for you. Why was God able to make Abraham out of a great nation and make his name great? Because God is great. All right, let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Because I want to show you this word greater. Here's the reason. Because if you don't know God is great, when you experience things in 2021 that overwhelm you, you will think that what you're experiencing is bigger than the God that's on the inside of you. In Deuteronomy 7, look in verse 19, it says, The great temptations, and there's that word great, which thine eyes saw, and the signs and the wonders of the mighty hand, and the stretched out arm, whereby the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do unto the people who are, are afraid. Verse 20. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them. Listen how God deals with your enemies. Until they that are left and they hide themselves from you and be destroyed. Here's the word mighty or the word uh, great in verse 21. He says, you shall not be afraid of them. 
For the Lord your God is among you. He is a mighty God. And that word mighty is the same word God, dog. He's saying the God among you is mighty. He's a great God. He's greater. He's more mighty. He's infinitely superior in importance, in size, and significance. Here's my question to you, church. Do you know why God was able to tell Israel not to be afraid of their enemies? Because God is God is greater. I'm going to look at two more. In Joshua chapter, let's go to Psalm 47 uh, 2 Psalm 47 2 it says for the Lord most high is terrible he is a great king over all the earth there's that word great in other words God is greater he's more mighty he's infinitely superior above all and reason he can do something because verse 3 says he shall subdue the people under us and you are afraid of your enemies see when you know that you know that you know that you know, that you know that you know, that you know that God is greater, you won't sit up and try to figure out how to deal with your enemies because you already know God doesn't deal with them. See, that's why the Bible says love your enemies. Why? You better love them because they're going to need some love after God gets through with them. Amen. The New Living Translation of Psalm 8610 says, For you are great, there's that word, and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. Psalm 13:5 says, For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Jeremiah 10:6. For as much as there is none like unto you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. Now you say, well, Pastor Evan, why in the world did you go through all those verses? I did that to help build your faith so that you know that God is greater than any issue, any problem, any situation, any person, anything that you face this year. The first thing I want you to know and God wants you to know is that he's greater than what you're going to face. And when you come to the reality of this and you believe this in your heart, watch this now, and you begin to declare it out of your mouth, when things begin to happen, instead of you falling apart, what you're going to say is, oh, no, no, my God is great. Therefore, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Oh, I know my God is great. And because he is, greater lives on the inside of me than what's on the outside of me. When you know that God is great, you will say, oh, with men is impossible. I know what they're telling me on my job. I know what the doctor is saying. But what I know is that with men, it's impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. But church, we have a problem. Look at your neighbor and say, we got a problem. Come on at home. Just type it in the comment section and say, oh, Houston, we have a problem. What's the problem? What's the problem? We know God is greater in our head, but we're not convinced about it in our hearts. Because if we believe that God was greater in our hearts, watch this now, we would trust him all the time. Now, if you haven't been following me on social media, I want to challenge you to do that because I'm going to do at least one post a day. Praise the Lord. That's a graduation for me. Right. But recently I posted a quote on social media that said, if God is good all the time, y'all know we say that, right? God is good and all the time. Well, if God is good all the time, here's my question. Why don't we trust him all the time? I mean, think about it. If God is great, which he is, 
that means he can do great things. James chapter 1 verse 17 in the New Living Translation says this, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Listen, God don't even throw shade. Only good comes from God. That means now, if God is great, his plans are great. His blessings for me are great. My future that he has in store for me is great. And if those things are great, then that means now that he has greater things that are way beyond what I want. See, sometimes we think that our desires are bigger than the God who puts them in us. No, 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 no. Listen, if God is great, that means the things that he has for us are great, which are way beyond what we think we want or what we desire for ourselves. So here's the question. Why can't we fully trust God? Because let me tell you a secret, church. If your trust level in God doesn't change in 2021, you will experience the same thing you experienced in 2020. Somebody say amen to that. So why don't we fully trust this great God? Well, here's point number two. Here's why. Because a lie has become greater. Now, if you, listen, I'm telling you, if you could get this one lesson today, because I'm going to show you how to trust God fully today. You, you're going to be able to walk away from your TV set, and you're going to be able to walk away from this building and know how to trust God 100%. So, a lie has become greater. Now, we're going to look at the, new, the Living Bible translation of Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read the story, and then I'm going to elaborate. It says, the serpent, the devil, was the craftiest of all the creatures that the Lord God had made. So let me ask you a question. Who made the serpent? God. So, okay, is the creature or the creator greater? the creator so does god have more power than the devil absolutely so it says so the serpent came to the woman really he asked none of the fruit in the garden god says you mustn't eat any of it notice he comes with questions do your husband really love you does your wife really trust you are your kids really being honest with you Verse 3, 2 and 3. Of course we may eat it, the woman told him. It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we may not eat. God says we mustn't eat it or even touch it or we will die. God's instruction says, listen, don't eat that. You got all these other trees in the garden you can enjoy. But this one tree, see that sounds like the tithe right there. Listen, all of it is mine. Don't touch this one. Well, let's see what happened in verse 4. Come on, read the first three words with me. What did he say? That's a what? Come on, say it again. Come on at home, just type it in the comment section. That's a what? Listen, the devil is calling God a liar. He said, that's a lie. The serpent hissed. You will not die. God knows very well that the instant you eat it, you're going to become like him for your eyes will be open and you will be able to distinguish good from evil. And then verse 6 says, the woman became, what's that word? Convinced. 
how lovely and fresh looking it was and how it would make her wise. And so she ate some and gave it to her husband. So here's the thing. How in the world did Adam and Eve end up in a position to stop trusting this great God that created all things? Think about this. Adam went to sleep and woke up with a wife. I mean, that's great right there, right? Think about it. You go to sleep thinking, man, all these animals came up in pairs, man. I, I saw a Mr. Zebra and a Mrs. Zebra. I saw a Mr. Monkey and a Mrs. Monkey. I saw a Mr. and Mrs. Donkey. Man, where's mine at? He goes to sleep and he wakes up. Listen, he didn't even know he got operated on. God took a rib out. He didn't even know it. Wait, listen, God didn't even you need to use stitches. This great God, how in the world did they get in a position to stop trusting him? What caused God's first man and woman to stop trusting him and his greatness? Here it is. You ready? Because this is the same thing that happens to us. They listened to the devil and they believed his lie. Watch this now. Let me, let me tell you a secret that you may not have known. You and I were never designed to negotiate with the devil. When you negotiate with the devil, you will lose. You say, well, what do you mean negotiate? When, when God wants you to do something and you start negotiating whether you want to do it, that's just the enemy fighting what God wants to do. And you and I were never designed to negotiate with the devil. Listen, the only response that Jesus had when the devil started talking to him was three words. It is written. And the only way you're going to win a battle against the devil is when you say to him, it is written. Oh, I don't know now. I, I just wanted to. No, it's written. And the only reason you and I become convinced that our plans are greater than God's plans and the world's way is better than God's way, the only way is because we stop trusting God because we believe the lie. And that's what happened to Eve. She listened to the lie. And then watch this now. She began to walk by sight, walk by her senses instead of walking by faith or walking by the word. In other words, when the devil came to her and said, did God say you can do that? She said, listen, God said for us to not eat of any, we could eat of anything, but that one we can't eat. So get behind me, Satan. That's what she should say. She should have said to him what God said to her. And that's the only way you're going to win this fight of doubt. The only way you and I are going to walk in full faith towards God and trust him is when we believe what he says. Now, the living Bible of Genesis 3, 6, the Bible says the woman was convinced. How did she become convinced? Well, Genesis 3 in the King James Version, verse 6 says, and the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes. So the moment you and I begin to walk by what we see, the moment we begin to walk by what we see and walk by what we feel is the moment you and I move from faith over to the flesh or watch this, from now faith over to fear or lack of trust. And even though God is greater, listen, we exchange his greatness when we choose to believe lies. I know you think fear is your big deal. Oh, if I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm fearful. I, I know you think that fear is your big deal. But see, behind every fear is a lie. 
behind. I don't care what you're scared of. I'm scared to tithe. Pastor, I don't know about that tithing stuff. Oh, no, I don't know. What, I, don't, I ain't going to have enough money. You ain't got enough now. That's the, that's the interesting thing. You, you ain't got enough now. But I don't know about that. No, no. See, the fear is you're going to have lack. The fear is God won't come through. See, that's the fear. You think that's the fear. But really what it boils down to, the lie is you don't trust what God said he would do. And although God is great and what he says is great, he's good, we limit God's power and ability. We do that. It's just like a light switch. The electricity is running all the time in your house if you paid the bill, right? It's flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing, right? But if I choose to walk in the dark in my house, it's only because I'm choosing not to flip the switch. The electricity is available all the time. But I'm the one that have to flip the, 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 the switch. And that's what happens with us. We have to flip the switch. We have to trust. And we're the ones that limit God. The New King James Version of Psalm 78, 40 says this. How often, this was God talking about the children of Israel. He says, how often they provoked me in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Watch verse 41. Yes, again and again. Watch this. They tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. You and I can limit God. And you know how we limit him? We limit him when we choose to believe a lie because once we believe a lie, then we stop trusting. So now I'm about to give you a trust principle that can change your life today. This is what helps me stay able to trust. Now, I know sometimes you slide in and out and you may vacillate, but I'm just saying overall, this principle I'm about to give you will show you how to stay trusting God. All right, here it is right here. Unseen, and I'm going to explain it. Unseen does not mean unknown. Unseen does not mean unknown. Here's the problem. We want to be able to see it and hear it and touch it before we fully trust. And that's not how faith works. See, we want to be able to know how God's going to do it, know when he's going to do it, know the way he's going to do it. But see, that's not faith. No, 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 no. Trust says I don't have to know how. I don't have to know when. I don't have to know who he's going to use. All I have to know is that great God who made me the promise that he's going to come through is going to come through. That's all I need to know. Here's the good news. You don't have to see it, touch it, hear it, to trust it. All you need to know is the unseen does not mean unknown. So go to John 20 as we wrap this up. John chapter 20. I'm going to show you this principle that will change your life. The unseen doesn't mean unknown. I'm going to explain it more. Because when you get this down in your system, you will realize you and I are in total control of how much we trust God. Because, see, there are some great things coming in 2021. I'm talking about some massive things. I'm talking about some some decisions you're going to have to make. And these decisions in the natural are going to be too big for you. God's going to give you an idea that's going to that's gonna be so superior that he's going to challenge you to quit your job. I ain't going to quit my job. I got, but, see, no, no, no. See, you don't understand. The reason you are having a hard time quitting the job is because your job is your source. John 20, 25 says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, 
This was uh, to Thomas. We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, except, watch this now, Thomas did what Eve them did. He said, except I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger in the, in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. In other words, I want to touch it. I want to see it. I want to feel it. He says, unless I can do that, notice what he says. I will not believe. Now, do you know he could have said, I will believe? Which says this now, there's a side note. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. Here's the side note. Your believing is controlled by your will. It's not controlled by how you feel. It's controlled by your will. I can prove it to you. Because if it was controlled by how you feel, then there would be days that when you don't feel like going to work, you wouldn't go. But there are days that you don't feel like going to work and you get up and you get your Folgers coffee and you get in your, you put your clothes on and you get in the car and you drive to work. Why? Even though you didn't feel like it, you willed like it. Say amen to that. And so watch this. Verse 26 says, and after eight days, again, the disciples were with within and Thomas was with them. And then Jesus came and the door shut. And then he stood in the midst of them. He said, peace unto you. Verse 27. He said to Thomas, Thomas, reach here your finger and behold my hands and reach uh, uh, here thy hand and thrust it into my side. Watch what he says. And be not faithless. Stop right there. Because if we have to touch it and we have to feel it and we have to know it and we have to see it. Guess what? We're faithless. He says, don't be faithless, Thomas. But he says, but be believing. Watch verse 28. And, and then Thomas answered and said, oh, my Lord, my God. And then verse 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, word of truth, because you have seen me, you have believed. But watch Jesus. He's going to elevate now our thinking. He says, listen, you have believed because you've seen. But blessed are they that have not seen, but yet have believed. So this is how unseen does not mean unknown. This is how it works. How does it help me trust God? Here's how it works. You don't have to see what God is going to do or know how he's going to do it or the way he's going to do it to know he's going to do it. See, here's the thing. You don't have to see it to know it exists. So if I said to someone here today, how many know uh, is there anybody in the room that says, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to need some financial increase to make it this year because last year was pretty tight for me. And so this year I need to see some increase. Raise your hand. Anybody like that in the room? You know, okay, all right, come on right here. Come on. I want you to come up. You're going to be an audience on the, uh, the uh, example is right. Come on, give her a hand clap. Come on, give her a hand clap. Come on. Yeah, come on up the stage. Come on up the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, don't be fast about it. <laughs> okay, so I want them to put up Malachi chapter 3. All right, six feet. There we go. Good. Malachi chapter 3. Now, y'all can get her on camera with me if y'all need to spread out the look. Now, I'm going to read Malachi 3, verses 8 through 12. This is what it says Should people cheat God? I think this is the New Living Translation. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of what, class? What did it say? Of what? Of what? Tithe and offering do me. He says, you're cursed for the whole nation has been cheating me. Then he tells, he tells us to do something. He says, bring how much? 
all the tithe where into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple and if you do says the lord i will open the windows here's it now listen remember now this is now the known part of the unseen he says i will open the windows of heaven i will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in try it put me to the test your crops will be abundant that sounds good for i will guard them with from insects that sounds good your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe. that sounds good says the lord of hosts and then he says yes again so god says you know what if you want to see increased child you're gonna to have to follow my rules now i know that you want to know how i'm going to do it and the way I'm going to do it and who I'm going to use to do it in order to trust me. But I'm telling you, I need you to trust the known, that's the word, until you see the unknown. I need you to do that. So my word says to bring how much of the tithe into the storehouse? Oh, so I'm going to jumpstart you with a dollar. And this dollar is in all dimes. So I want you to go in there and uh, count how many dimes in there. How many dimes make a dollar? Ten dimes make a dollar. Do you have ten dimes in your hand, young lady? All right. So here's my question because you go, ooh, I just needed one more dollar to get a gallon of gas. I'm short. Lord, I need a dollar. The Lord, Pastor Abbott gave me a dollar. I can go get me a gallon of gas now. Well, let me tell you something. That gallon is only going to get you around the block. So she has a choice to make. She has a choice. Is she going to, listen, trust the known to see the unknown, or is she going to now waddle in unbelief and wonder how he's going to do it, who he's going to use, the way he's going to do it? She's a, see, that'll keep you out of trust. Trust is when you know the known. What's the known? The Word. Well, what did the Word says To bring tithe and... Okay, so what's a tithe of a dollar? Ten cents. Okay. All right. Now, has she fulfilled the word? No. What did he say? Tithe and what? Now, guess what? I'm going to let you determine what your offering is. You got 90 cents left. What you going to do to the Lord right now? How much? She done gave the Lord 40 cents. So she got 50 cents left. But because you now obeyed the known you are about to see the unknown somebody bring this young lady a blessing come on hurry up there what's in that envelope how much five dollars five that ain't a lot that was more than what she had So we're going to go through the exercise again because there's a lot of people watching me right now. You scared to give to God because you don't trust him. And you know why you don't trust him? Because you're trusting in the unseen when I want you to start trusting in the unknown or the known, which is the word. So we know the process. What do he tell you to give? How much? 10%. What's 10% of $5? 50 cent. Oh, look at that. 50 cent. Thank you. That's a tithe. You need an offering though. You need, oh, look at this. The Lord done raised up somebody to use their power, their influence, and their ability to bless you. 
Because if you just gave the tithe, all you did was return what was God's. He wants to know when you give him some of your money. So now, how much you got there? Okay, so wait a minute. I want to, uh, you gave me a tithe. I need an offering. Oh, ooh, she just stepped up and gave a $5 offering. Oh, because she has, listen, because she's trusted in the known, it's time for now her to see what the unknown looks like. Somebody bring some unknown to this young lady right now. Wow. How much is in that envelope? $50, oh, Jesus. She's believing in the known. See, the known says he was going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. The known says that he will cause the windows to be open. And the known says that abundant crops will come. That's the known. So what's the process, young lady? What you got to do now? You got to tithe. So what's a tithe? How much you got in that envelope? Fifty. What's a tithe of fifty? Oh, five dollars. Has she fulfilled the word? Has she fulfilled the known? No. And listen, you will not see the unknown until you start doing the known. So what's the known? All right. So I want to oh, she done stepped up and gave a $20 offering. Ooh. Well, because she's seen to $20, somebody bring her another envelope. Huh. We don't know where these envelopes coming from. What's in that envelope? How much? $100. Let's go through the process. Let's speed this thing up because it looks like it's working for you. Listen, the unknown is starting to show up because you start doing the known that you know. So how much is the tie? I'm going to give 10 for tie. I'm going to have 20. Oh, she's doing 20% now. Well, oh. oh, so she gave 20 or 10 as an offering, or a tithe, and 30 as an offering? Sounds like her faith is increasing on it. <laughs> Sounds like she started practicing the known, and the unknown is starting to blow her mind. I wonder what the next envelope got in it. Let's come see. Let's, what is our, our next envelope? Oh, what's, in, what's in that one? $250. Boy, I tell you what, you came up here, and all you had was 10 dimes. So, how much is that? How much your tithe? Twenty-five. How much you want to give as an offering? Whoa! Wow! Listen, she's practicing the known, even though she don't know how God's gonna do it over here. I don't know how God's gonna do it. I don't know what He's gonna do. I don't know who He's gonna use. I don't know what's gonna happen. I pay my tithe. No, 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 no. I'm going to stick with the known right here. And when the question starts coming, because the devil's going to send you questions, you're not going to make it. You're going to fall through. Your electricity's going to get cut off. You didn't have enough anyway. So she gave me how much? 25 for All right. What's in the next envelope? Oh, this is her daddy too. This is her daddy. Well, her daddy just lost his AirPods. <laughs> so, whoa! 500. So, what's the tie of the 500? What's the known? $50. I'm the Lord right now. 
Thank you. Do you want to give an offering? Give another 50. Now, why don't you, while I finish this, count how much money you got. You can go to your seat and count, and then I want you to yell out how much money you walked off this stage with that you didn't have before you came up here. Give her a hand clap if you would. So, church, here's the question. How do we trust God to experience greater things this year? Because I did it about money. But it can be about anything. It can be about your health. You go to the doctor, they give you a report. The report says you're sick and you're going to die. And instead of you saying, oh, no, 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 I will not die, but I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. See, see, that's the known. The unknown might be all the stuff the doctor's telling you. But whose report are you going to believe? I choose to believe the known, watch this, because the greater God who promised me the known is the God that will produce the unknown. So how are we going to do this? Here's step number one. This is how you learn. This is how you trust more. This is how you trust more. Is number one, you find the lie that you believe and you refresh it with truth. This is how you learn how to trust God more. You find the lie and then you refresh it. You know how on the computer you hit refresh? And it goes and get everything. That's what you got to do. But you got to find the lie. Then you got to refresh it with truth. Here's number two. You're going to keep your will lined up with God's promises by remembering, rehearsing, and responding to what God says he would do. You're going to keep your will lined up. Let me tell you something. When you know God is great and everything he has for you is great, and when you know that with all your heart, you have no problems keeping your will in line with God. Here's number three. You're going to keep the seen promise before you so that you eventually experience the unseen manifestation. I'm going to say that again. You're going to keep the seen promise before you so that you eventually experience the unseen manifestation. Let me tell you something, church. When our church was walking through the building process and we ran out of money, I didn't know what the unseen realm looked like, but what I did know is that I was serving Jehovah Jireh, the provider. So I held on to Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I didn't know how he was going to do it. I didn't know the way he was going to do it. And I didn't know who he was going to use. But what I do know is on the day that we needed some money, I'm driving down North Collins thinking in my head, oh man, what am I going to tell our builder because I don't have the money for the windows. And while I am thinking about that, guess what happens? My cell phone rings and on the end of the line is somebody saying, we're going to give you $200,000. There's no no way I could have figured that out. I don't need to figure it out. I just need to trust the known and let God deal with the unknown. Did y'all get something out of the lesson this morning? If you would, bow your heads right there because how much? $650. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap because that's her money. With every head bowed, there are some people in this room. Here's the question. What area do you need to turn over and trust God with today? Let me say this to those of you who are watching. What's the purpose of the gospel if you're not going to let it change you? What is the purpose of watching this online experience? What's the purpose of watching preaching and teaching through the lens if you're not going to adjust it and let it change you? Here's my question. What areas in your life do you need to trust God more in? Here's what I want you to do. 
find somewhere, put it in your phone, put it in your diary, put it in your journal, and even tell somebody, hey, you know what? I need to trust God more in this area right here, and I'm going to do it this year. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Help us, God, to trust you in 2021 like we've never trusted you before. And I thank you, Father, because, because you are the great I am. You are the greater one. And greater is, is, is he that lives in us than he that's in the world. God, you are greater. And I thank you that that illustration today will be seared in the forefront of our minds that as we go through 2021, we will know that we can trust the known of your word and allow you to manifest the unknown for our lives in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, maybe you're watching me or you're in the room. If you die today and you're not 100% sure you go to heaven.